It's radio theater for your soul. It's radio theater for your soul. With storytellers gather around the mic. Come on, let's go. Live readings, traditional, contemporary, original, scripted plays, film, and poetry. With storytellers gather around the mic to be with your host, Miss Shanice C.L. Coleman, a.k.a. Courageous Love, always just a cut above. For your soul audience, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to my 2021 summer series radio show. Yes, my name is Shani C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love, and I am your host who will be gathering with the storytellers around the mic weekly. Storytelling is a gift. It is meant to be shared, and our mission is to continue to provide a global stage for storytellers of all genres of storytelling. This is the time where storytellers get to share their gift. And you, the listening audience, you are invited to join the gathering weekly. Tune in, tell a friend, share, send us a message, and let us know if you would like to join us live after the special storytelling presentation. We will be gathering online to make that happen during this summer series. But before we get started today, I thank God, my family, friends, and ancestors for their ongoing support. For those of you listening for the first time ever, Radio Theater for Your Soul has been the gathering place around the mic for storytellers since the beginning of 2016. 2016, everybody. We or I (laughs) took a hiatus in 2018, which led me to fully understand and embrace the benefits and healing properties of storytelling, which prior to creating this show, I may have taken for granted. Oh, but the storytellers, the listeners, you would not let me forget how important hearing someone's story really made the difference in your day, in your week, in your life. So in 2019, I began to pull together thoughtful archival footage, photos, testimonials, and narration from our previous broadcasts to reveal the making of this internet radio show in the form of a film, a documentary, something more visual. It celebrates the fascinating minds and hearts of over 100 storytellers who were featured right here on Radio Theater for Your Soul, but during the first four seasons. The documentary is titled Radio Theater for Your Soul, a docu-story. And I am so excited to tell you that it has been making the rounds in the film festival circuit. If you happen to be in the Los Angeles area on Sunday, July 18th, you can check it out at the Marina Del Rey Film Festival. Also, please check out all of our past shows anytime by visiting radiogathering.wixsite.com slash radio gathering. We're also in the archives on acceleratedradio.net. A big shout out to the Accelerated Radio family and their entire team for hosting our first four seasons and love you all. And if you're on social media, please follow us at Radio Gathering. That's one word, Radio Gathering at uh, at Radio Gathering, R-A-D-I-O-G-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-G, Radio Gathering, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram for the most recent updates. Finally, I am grateful to have this global stage as a gathering place to share my love of storytelling. Oh my God, your support has been so appreciated. I am so grateful. This is Radio Theater for Your Soul. I am Courageous Love, and you are listening to our 2021 Summer Series. This show is brought to you by... 
Kombucha EXL. Far better than a soft drink. It's a delicious path to healthy. Even from the subways of New York City, you're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul. So, does anyone want to know what Radio Theater for Your Soul is really all about? Yeah, yeah. tell us what is Radio Theater Soul. You want to know what it's about? Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell me. All right, all right. Well, I'll tell you in a nutshell. It is all about storytelling and storytellers featuring unique voices, the written and or unwritten words during this one-hour broadcast. This 2021 eight-week summer series will be a combination of live and pre-recorded special presentations. Internet radio is our global stage, our gathering place around the mic that virtually replaces the baobab tree where all kinds of stories have been and continue to be shared. Now, if you tuned in to any of our previous shows, you heard featured storytellers from all walks of life. And we continue on that road. Today, I am honored to welcome to the gathering an incredible Los Angeles-born writer, Ms. Nikki Billingsley. Nikki Billingsley began her career as a freelance journalist in the early 90s at Rap Pages magazine. Leaving Los Angeles to study poetry with Allen Ginsberg in New York City, she interned as his public relations media correspondent. Upon returning to Los Angeles, she has continued to write, sing, dance, and participate in the local arts community. Her work has led to a focus on creating solutions for the current challenges facing families and individuals who want to live better lives. Her book, The Soul of This House, Framework for Modern Families, provides a family the tools they need to create a collective vision for more meaningful and purposeful lives while giving young people a leadership model they can take with them into their communities. She is also the author of Supple Verse and Mind Candy for the Sunken Place, which is an affirmation in verse illustrating the beauty and sublime grace of the human spirit. Gathering hold of the mic to share her voice, a bit of her journey, her story is featured storyteller, writer, poet, and so much more, Ms. Nikki Billingsley. Nikki Billingsley, and I want to share my story of well, becoming myself. When I was growing up, my parents pretty much every day would tell me to be yourself and be, be a leader, be your own leader. And it was frustrating sometimes. But it also became a challenge and a call for me to stay true to myself. I, I started to become conscious of this and aware of this. Um, when I was in kindergarten, I attended Orange Street Elementary School in Los Angeles. And my mom used to pick me up from school. And she would take me through this ritual of getting settled she put on a record on the turntable a vinyl <laughs> record on the turntable um, which was the greatest love of all and she played that uh, while I took my nap and um, the greatest love of all the George Benson version 
is what is embedded in my memory. I know like Whitney Houston, she, you know, covered that song as well and made it a hit much more successful than the George Benson version. But yeah, it's nothing like George Benson and his guitar. Here are some of the, the lyrics that will illustrate just what was embedded in my, my psyche. Never walk in anyone's shadows. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I'll live as I believe. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity because the greatest love of all is happening to me. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. The greatest love of all is easy to achieve. Learning to love yourself, it is the greatest love of all. So, yeah, those words were definitely embedded in in every cell of my, my being. We eventually moved to Compton, California. We lived on Plum Street. And on my ninth birthday, um, my dad brought me a shirt, a t-shirt. Um, he was so excited to give me this t-shirt. I There are very few times in my life I remember him being as, as excited as he was to give me this particular t-shirt. And so this t-shirt had three pictures of me younger versions of me mind you this was my ninth of birthday so i think he had like a a second grade third grade and my fourth grade uh pictures on my t-shirt for any nine-year-old you know you like do not want to be associated with your younger self or anything younger than you <laughs> so i was a, it was a little bit cringy but uh going over the the pictures across the chest were the words I am mean now I love my dad and I was taught to appreciate anything that was given to me and this was appreciated but it was like it was strange at first because the first thing I thought of was you know what are all of my friends gonna think and you know where they gonna laugh at me um but having been taught to first you know think of myself and where I stand I did recognize that um this new shirt was different like me and that it was special like me and that it was exactly the message uh, that my father wanted uh, me to remember so I did secretly love this shirt because <laughs> even though I didn't I don't think I ever wore it at school um, I did wear it almost every day when I came home from school <laughs> and uh, as I move forward in life um, no matter what ever happened I am me was always my center my origin the place I returned to so uh, just that one little gift from my father stuck with me and has been there for me my entire life to redirect me when I go astray and as a writer and a teacher um, that is something that I give to my students I share with everyone you know I come across that 
it is really important to be self-realized, to know your worth, to know who you are and where you stand. Because if you don't know, what are you going to do? You're going to be pushed and blown and, you know, put in any direction of anyone else's will. So I thank my parents for that. And my mom, she, um, she, she was a little gangster with it too. I remember I wasn't allowed to follow trends, not necessarily because we couldn't afford it, but because my parents insisted that I have my own identity. I remember uh, once I asked my mom if I could get a ski jacket, like, you know, the puffy ones that everyone wore, uh, what was that, in the 80s. And the first thing my mother asked me was, who else has one? Oh, I thought about it. And I was just like, oh, goodness. I had to give her an honest answer because that's how we communicated. And I was like, mm, everybody, everybody has one, Mom. And she was like, uh, no. <laughs> Immediately. And she basically told me, you know, to find a way to have my own style um, and not follow the crowd. But I wanted so badly to follow the crowd, to be in the herd. <laughs> um, and she knew, she knew I wanted to follow the crowd. She knew I wanted to be in there and just like everybody else, but she would not let me. And it hurt. Um, and she never apologized uh, for that either, you know. Um, she was unapologetic about that. Uh, I do understand. Um, and as an adult, I see that um, her stance on that liberated me from being a slave to name brands and designers. And I think most of all, it made me creatively approach anything that influences my image or how I project myself in, in the world because I don't choose anything, clothing, style, anything that does not fit in the vision I have for myself. So I don't try to seek out what to look like. I try to make sure that who I am internally is manifested in how I walk and how I dress. So um, my mother was instrumental in, in that sense. And uh, there was also uh, a time when I was, you know, into boys and wanting to be seen, recognized, liked by uh, boys. And um, my mother and I, you know, kind of had a, a um, what do you say, a, a contradiction of, of outlooks on this. Uh, the identity of young girls, you know, it's important um, that they be taught their uniqueness and, and to value that um, of what, what's internal and not to overvalue the obvious physical attributes, you know, that are external, you know. And I would ask my mother sometimes, like, why the boys, you know, they like to visit or call, but never ask me to go with them. And back then, you know, if you, that was your boyfriend or something, go together. <laughs> and my mother would always, uh, her response to, you know, why, why, why won't they, you know, why don't they want to go with me? Her response would always be the parable of the Sunday girl, um, because she said I was a Sunday girl. And to explain what that means, because there were years, 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 it was like Sunday girl, what is the Sunday girl thing? Sundays are sacred, <laughs> you know? 
and um, sacred Sundays are like the days we honor the divine spirit yeah Monday through Saturday girls are common with easy access if you get the drift so my mom just always stood by um, the identification of you know you're a Sunday girl and again always have friends over guys and girls would you know come over hang out with me my dad was always sitting on that couch watching and my mom she'd be in the other room in the kitchen in the kitchen window watching and the boys who came by were always respectful even if my parents weren't home because they knew my mom had the neighbors keep an eye on what was going on and I resented <laughs> with every fiber of my being uh, her calling me a Sunday girl and uh, I think when I got when I moved out and went away to college I tried my best to shed the image of being a Sunday girl but it is and it has been embedded in me to expect uh, to be treated with respect and and have the divine in me be honored um and so when i felt like my mom was giving me her idea of who i am i think maybe she was uh Kind of being a guardian <laughs> of who I am, maybe you know. As some sometimes our people around us see us better than we see ourselves. Um, so I, I I receive it that way now that she could see who I was and just was trying to give me uh, the 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 best way she could put it of who she saw me as. But being yourself, being myself, that was something that wasn't always, it wasn't always easy to do. It wasn't even like clear to me, you know, what it was to be myself, especially when I was a young lady. But I do know when I have or have had to figure it out at particular moments, I do remember it being important to be still and to breathe to just be and even now sometimes I take a moment to see how I feel in my solar plexus some people call it a gut feeling but I have learned that that feeling right below you know your sternum and just above your abdomen, that solar plexus, that space there holds the feeling. And when you have a purpose to fulfill, you have to know who you are and get rooted in that space in order to get it done. And having my parents encourage me to be self-aware and proactively shape my identity made me more focused and made me I think a better leader because I fearlessly led myself <laughs> there's very little anybody could give me to do um, if I you know didn't want to do it I did uh, what I did because I consciously made the decision And I had one of those very painful <laughs> initiations into affirming myself with my parents. Uh, like I said, my, my mom and my dad, they were good guardians, I think, of like my identity. They weren't dictators. They weren't telling me, like, you have to be like this and you have to do this. Uh, but I, I feel like they, they kept me they reminded me frequently of who I am or even who I could be. 
And so when I was in the 10th grade in high school, they found my diary. <laughs> they found my diary and read it. And then they had enough nerve to confront me. <laughs> they sat me down at the kitchen table with my diary and, you know, were qu quoting me back to myself and asking me, you know, why I called them what I called them and wrote the things that I wrote. At that moment, I had a choice. I could be humiliated and hurt, or I could own my truth and stand in who I am. And I chose at that moment, you know, because they, 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 the question was posed like, well, how are we going to punish you? And I'm thinking to myself, you found, not found, you had to go find my diary and you read it and you want to punish me for honestly expressing myself? So um, at that moment at 16, I chose to stand in my, my truth and you know stand in who I am. Thankfully, I did that respectfully and maturely or else my parents would have taken me out and I would not be able to share the story. <laughs> But from that point on, um, my parents treated me as an adult. It was as simple as that, that everything that they taught me, I had to step into that, step into myself, step into my own, and you know, be confident in my own truth, regardless of you know, the outcome. <laughs> um, they didn't punish me um, because in our household you know um, being able to express you know oneself honestly and truthfully was not punished and um, and I, I guess that's why they chose to after that you know treat me as an adult and I appreciate that um, and I have been very thankful for my parents for giving me what they gave me because I've spoken to lots of children, lots of adults who are out there roaming around trying to find themselves. Um, and although I've had my challenges, although I've been challenged, I've always felt a very grounded sense of self and who I am, and I give thanks for that. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We believe that a natural and organic beverage for health-conscious people who want to restore and maintain the body's essential balance is available with our tasty and refreshing Kombucha EXL. Kombucha EXL is a wholesome drink that has been brewing since 2005, boasting 100% natural ingredients that will support your overall health. Kombucha EXL is only 10 calories per serving, far better than a soft drink. It's a delicious path to healthy. Order yours today at kombuchaexl.com. That's K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A-E-X-L.com. You're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul, where storytellers gather around the mic. Where I'm from? I'm from 10th dimension, passing through this portal, awaiting transition, enjoying all things transcendental. I came through a black hole where silence is loud and the violent death of entire stars is silent. Where I'm from? 
Conflict is cataclysmic. It is a slow change that brings about a shift. Dark matter, dust, and energy churn in a contest of will and supremacy until a thing becomes reality. Anything a star, anything a planet, anything a vision, anything. Where I'm from, intelligence is innate. All that is created knows exactly why it is made. Where I'm from, lack is unknown. Awareness expands and consciousness grown. Where I'm from, to source we all return the journey through and back again is an evolution earned by lessons learned. You're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul with your host, Shanice C.L. Coleman. Welcome back to Radio Theater for Your Soul. I'm your host, Shanice C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love. And you just heard featured storyteller, writer, poet, and so much more, Nikki Billingsley. Thank you for being here, Nikki. Please tell our listeners how or where they can hear you, see you, or contact you, get your books, etc. Thank you, sis. Yes, it was my pleasure sharing. And your listeners can catch me on my Instagram, Ms. Billingsley. That's M-S dot Billingsley, B-I-L-L-I-N-G-S-L-E-A. I have a website, NikkiBillingsley.com. You can catch me there. My videos are there. My books are there. And I do. I've just uh, created my YouTube channel, <laughs> which is also, Yay. right, which is also Nikki <laughs> Billingsley. So everything, if you look up Nikki Billingsley, you should be able to find me, Instagram, YouTube, or my website. Wonderful. And Nikki is spelled with one K, right? That's right. One K and I K I. Thank you for asking. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Listeners, we are live on the phone with featured storyteller, Nikki Billingsley, who just shared her story, one of her poems, and we have questions for you. We also have listeners who listen to your story and have questions for you. But Nikki, before we do that, is there anything else you would like to share that you didn't get a chance to in your presentation? You know, what I just want to share is that we all are special. We are our unique. We are all divine. There's room for all of this divinity. There's room for all of us in our, you know, superpowers and I just want everyone to tap into that, that I want to be soaring, you know, in the sky. I want to be soaring spiritually, you know, with other powerful beings by my side. Yeah. With that, I'm actually going to ask one of the listeners to join us and ask her questions because I know that she has some questions. I know she listened to the story and I just want to want to get a little bit more of your story um, in detail. So listener, can you join us? I think we have Denise on the line. Hi, how are you? Hi, Denise. Can you tell us where you're listening from? Yes, I'm in Los Angeles. Wonderful, wonderful. Go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for that inspiring um, share of your life. It was really, really uh, touching. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my question is, it seemed obvious that your mother had a very strong impact on your life and moral and idealistic values. Her, they were very strong. Her, her moral and ide idealistic values were very strong. What would she say to the adult Nikki that she may not have said to the adolescent Nikki? Hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> and actually, before my mom passed away in 2006, um, she she did tell me a couple of times that she was proud of me 
and that the thing she most admired about me was my ability to make decisions based on looking, you know, and projecting forward, you know? So uh, she did say she was proud of me. I'm glad I heard those words come out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. And did you have another question, Denise, before we let you go? Did we lose Denise? And I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you now. Did you have another question for her? Yes, I did. Um, Thank you, Nikki, for that message to the young girls. Um, It's important that we uplift our our girls, Mm -hmm. um, given the times that we're in. And with all that you have learned and experienced in your life and given your parents drive to make sure that you were grounded, what is the one most important life lesson you pass on to your children, and even as a teacher, your students? Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for asking that. I do have a son. He's 16. And I see him in the, you know, in the midst of finding his his self and finding his, his own path. And I'm always telling him to trust, trust what his heart is saying to him to trust what he feels um, and to lean on that because, in, in my opinion, I think that it's God speaking to us and directing us as long as we listen. Um, I don't necessarily go into the classroom saying that, <laughs> but you know, when right. I'm in the classroom, I I'm always um, asking you know my students how do they feel and how do they see things before I give my input because I want people to start from a center of what they know and where they are. And then when they come across me or other people or other ideas, then they can discern between what they know and feel and what's being presented to them. So I'm always trying to, with my son and with my students, to encourage people to trust on, you know, trust where they are. And what they, with, even what they feel they know, because I think that it's definitely relevant and it's important. Yes, it is. Thank yes, you. Yes, it is. Thank you. And thank you, Denise. Thank you for um, listening and asking questions. And we appreciate you so much. Thank sure. you thank so you. much. Appreciate you. All right. All right. So, Nikki. I have a question as well, and I, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on Denise because uh, when she when you talked about you know with your the students and, and the listeners should know that you're an educator as, as well as a parent, and your your story was actually titled "I Am Me," mm-hmm. and you know talking about being self realized and having your own identity. So I just I, I like that you are able to do what it is you do to help people and children specifically to kind of come into that realization and, and share that, you know, and share that. And, and the story was just, it was very inspiring for me. And I know it'll be for others that get to listen as well. And in your bio, I'm kind of going before <laughs> your story. Now you mentioned interning with Allen Ginsberg. Now, that was in New York. Can you tell our listeners, one, who is Allen Ginsberg? Because there are a lot of people who do not know. And two, do you have any memorable moments learning from him? Uh, All of that, yes. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I did. So I went to graduate school at Brooklyn College. Um, 95 to 97. And Allen Ginsberg was my instructor. Um, yeah, he was my instructor in the, um, the, ma- the Masters of Fine Arts program there. And um, I do have memorable uh, experiences with him. One of the most memorable experiences I've had with him was um, we meditated together. And he was the first teacher, you know, on a scholastic, you know, uh, academic setting that I had a spiritual connection with. And 
I think that that spiritual connection probably happened even before I, you know, came into his physical presence because I had found a book uh, like a couple of years before um, I even decided to go to Brooklyn College by a spiritual, his spiritual uh, teacher, Sultriom Alion, um, because he was Buddhist. And I read this book called wow. The Wisdom of Women, which was all about women um, in the Buddhist uh, tradition. Um, the Dakinis and every, you know, the women who worked with the, the you know, the spiritual leaders. And when uh-huh. I told, I brought it up in a, just a, you know, kind of random conversation and he, his eyes lit up and that's where we connected. And he was like, you, you know, do you want to meditate together? And I was like, like, hell yeah. <laughs> and, just, you know, like I said. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was that just, just, just you and him or was it like the no, whole um, class? It was the, in the, in the, the program, it would be, we would have one-on-one sessions. And so, yeah, in this ah, one-on-one session, right. it was okay. like, yeah, you know, let's meditate. Because, you know, that was our session. So we could do whatever we wanted to with our time. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we meditated. He, you know, I was very new. Um, to meditation. So he showed me, you know, a different form, um, you know, his way of meditating. And um, it was such, it it was a moment for me in time to confirm that my spirituality that I was so connected to was not, it's not a weird thing. It's not a strange thing. It's part of me. And, you know, as long as I keep on that path, I'm going to find my people, you know, that, that fall in line with that. So yeah, 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 he did uh, provide me with that opportunity to really link, you know, like lock into, to that part of myself. Yes. I love it. I love it. Help you find your tribe. Exactly. (laughs) That's what what we often seek people that, that of like mine and that we can actually grow with and, and all of that good stuff. But yeah, I love that. I love that. So you ha- that's a great memorable moment with him. And how was he with as a like for you as an intern? Was that separate from the classwork? Yeah, so or, I, I actually you know? interned with another entity. It wasn't through um, school. So Al- Allen Ginsberg and I, it was strictly through. Well, not strictly because we went out. We used to hang out, but it was through school. He was my teacher. And I interned with um, Hard Hidden Harry, actually, um, on some other um, uh, um, PR things, PR projects (laughs) in in New York. Yeah. Well, you got you have to you have to tell us who Hard Hidden Harry (laughs) is. You dropping names, Harry, don't you? Yeah. You have to. You have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I was a writer. So before I was. like a poet or, you know, writing fiction, I was a journalist. I was like, I would, you know, some people say Mm -hmm. a real writer. Right. Um, And um, someone, I don't know. I I forgot how I met Harry, but he took me under his wing. I did a few articles um, for a paper in New York and he would always have me come up to uh, Apollo and take notes. And, you know, I, I worked on projects with him, whatever he would send me out on, I would go. Um, but it was mostly right, through right. Uh, Apollo theater um, doing interviews, doing junk press junkets and things like that. Um, so right. yeah, Harry gave me my other experience in New York as a writer Um that was more on the PR kind of more, you know, um, hard, real news kind of deal. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I I have to tell you, I have been wrecking my brain trying to remember when we first met, because I feel like I met you in New York, but I think I reconnected with you here in Los Angeles. But I I can I don't know if it was an audition. I want to say that we met in an audition. And I think I told you that maybe a year or two ago when I came to do some poetry mm-hmm. um, at a spot that mm-hmm. you were at. And you were like, no, no, it was in New York. Do you remember? Because I don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you the truth. Like, 
like right now I'm like oh I'm trying to remember uh, the conversation from two years ago. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's been a long time. I, I feel I know that I I met you many years mm-hmm. ago, and I. I feel that it was in New York. And I know that when I came to L.A., probably the first time I moved out here initially in 99, then I went back in 2007. But I think in nine, from 99 to 2007, there was something artistic mm-hmm. that we crossed paths mm-hmm. on. And I was like, I know you. And you were like, you know me. And and that was how we we kind of reconnected. But it's such a small world and we've been in a lot of the same circles and a lot of the same places. And I'm so glad that you agreed to come on the show and to kick off my summer series. So thank you for that. I so appreciate you. you. Thank you. You're welcome. And also want to thank everyone who's listening. Thank you again, Denise, for coming on and sharing or in asking a question and sharing your, your spirit with us. I like to also thank, Kombucha EXL for sponsoring this show. A soul shout out to Evan St. Prue for making that happen. Thank you, Evans. Also, thank you to Anchor by Spotify for providing this podcast platform. And it has been a pleasure. It has been my pleasure to host featured storyteller, writer, poet, and so much more, Ms. Nikki Billingsley. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story, sis. Please let our listeners hear your voice one more time. I love you all. I give thanks and praises for this moment in time that we get to share. And I do wish each and every listener the best and the brightest moment and future in this time filled with love and gratitude. Thank you so much. Fantastic. I'm Shani C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love. I'll be right back to tell you what's happening next week. Don't move. We believe that a natural and organic beverage for health conscious people who want to restore and maintain the body's essential balance is available with our tasty and refreshing Kombucha EXL. Kombucha EXL is a wholesome drink that has been brewing since 2005, boasting 100% natural ingredients that will support your overall health. Kombucha EXL is only 10 calories per serving, far better than a soft drink. It's a delicious path to healthy. Order yours today at kombuchaexl.com. That's K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A-E-X-L.com. You're listening to Radio Theater for Your Soul with your host, Shanice C.L. Coleman. Please tune in again next week to hear another great story from another great storyteller right here on Radio Theater for Your Soul, where storytellers gather around the mic. And finally... I sign off weekly with a poem or what I call a poetic offering. Evening approaches quickly. The sun begins to return to its place. Colors fade, signaling a darkness is coming in. Too early, it seems. It knows its assignment. Winding down in this space. Divine timing is at work. That poetic offering is titled Winding Down. It is written by my mother, Doris Coleman, from her chapbook, Simply Art. This is Radio Theater for Your Soul, a 2021 summer series. And I am Shani C.L. Coleman, also known as Courageous Love. Thank you so much for listening. It's radio theater for your soul. It's radio theater for your soul. We storytellers gather around the mic. Come on, let's go. Live readings, traditional, contemporary, original, scripted plays, film, and poetry. The storytellers gather around the mic to be with your host, Miss Shanice C.L. Coleman, a.k.a. Courageous Love. 
Always just a cut above. Yeah. Radio theater for your soul. It's radio theater for your soul. Where storytellers gather around the mic. Come on, let's go. Live readings, traditional, contemporary, original, scripted plays, film, and poetry. Where storytellers gather around the mic to be with your host, Miss Shanice C.L. Coleman, aka Courageous Love. Always just a cut above. Yeah. Storytellers gather around the night. Storytellers, where storytellers now. 